Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Economist. In London, this is The Economist with Tasting Menu, a selection of the tastiest morsels from this week's issue. I'm Tom Standage, Deputy Editor, and on the menu this week we have what business executives are learning from Formula One drivers, a Brazilian guide to cutting corners, and some snippets from America's campaign trail. But first, a nuclear nightmare was our cover line this week. Kim Jong-un, North Korea's leader, is running headlong down the path to becoming a nuclear power, and his actions remain unpredictable at best. The world needs to start taking the threat seriously, our cover leader argued. Barack Obama began his presidency with an impassioned plea for a world without nuclear weapons. Yet in one country it fell on resolutely deaf ears, North Korea. Its nuclear missiles already threaten South Korea and Japan. Sometime during the second term of Mr Obama's successor, they are likely also to be able to strike New York. Unfortunately, collective moral responsibility probably isn't the most popular phrase around Pyongyang. North Korea is not bound by any global rules. Its hereditary dictator, Kim Jong-un, imposes forced labour on hundreds of thousands of his people in the Gulag, including whole families, without trial or hope of release. And the Hermit Kingdom's nuclear development isn't exactly passive. No country in history has spent such a large share of its wealth on nuclear weapons. North Korea is thought to have a stockpile of around 20 devices. Every six weeks or so, it adds another. So it's well past high time to take the threat seriously, our leader argued. And you can read our analysis free online at economist.com. As North Korea's nuclear arsenal continues to crank up, over in our China section we reported on a more placid state of affairs, retirement. As the article explained, China's pensioners used to wind down in the same places they spent their lives toiling away. But all that's changing. The Chongsam modelling contest starts at 7pm. At 8pm, it is group dances in the style of ethnic Uyghurs from China's far west and of fan-waving northeasterners from provinces adjoining Russia and North Korea. Some entertainment there from the subtropical city of Sanya, tailored to a rather specific audience. Participants and spectators alike are pensioners, retired miners, teachers and industrial workers. They sit in the evening cool, gossiping and applauding. Such throngs of cheerful retirees embody a profound social change. Chinese people used to live, work, retire and die where they were born. Thanks to the migration of workers, however, 260 million people, about one-fifth of the population, now live somewhere other than their birthplace. And it isn't just the visitors who are reaping the benefits. The winter pensioners are awesome, enthuses Wu Jifa, a farmer in Danzhou, a village on the end of Sanya, who rents out rooms to them. We couldn't survive without them, he says. The feeling could be mutual. The village pharmacy is unusually well stocked with heart medicines, blood pressure pills, 
and pain relief for knee and hip joints. So as China's pensioners recline and enjoy some well-earned tropical relaxation, we flip through to our Americas section, where an article took a look at how a nimble use of Portuguese translates into everyday actions. Brazilians delight in words that seem to have no equivalent meaning in other languages, and one in particular seems to be resonating with the affairs of the country. Jeitinho, a diminutive of jeitu, or way. It is a way around something often a law or rule. A case in point? The impeachment of Dilma Rousseff, an unpopular president who has not personally been accused of serious wrongdoing, is a jeitinho around the Constitution. But examples in action seem to be as prolific as the use of the word itself. Two-thirds of Brazilians confess to seeking out such shortcuts according to a survey conducted in 2006. Perhaps because a quick jetinho is an enticing prospect for entrepreneurs. A restaurateur offers policemen a packed lunch to entice them to patrol his street, saving 10,000 hay ice, that's $3,000 a month, in private security fees. Not to mention a cunning time saver. Brazilians bring along children or old people to jump queues at banks, clinics and government offices. Some parents lend out their children for that purpose. We leave Brazilians and their rampant shortcuts and nip over to our business section, where business leaders are taking the saying, life in the fast lane, quite literally. Our Schumpeter columnist explained how business people are getting a steer on how to deal with their hectic lives from Formula One drivers. On the face of it, business executives and Formula One drivers have nothing in common, other than the fact that they do their jobs sitting down. Drivers risk a high-speed pile-up if they lose concentration. Executives merely risk spilling coffee on a Hermes tie. But beneath the surface, there are similarities between the professions. Drivers sit atop a pyramid of 500 to 700 employees, from engineers to marketing departments, whose livelihoods depend on them. So there's the stress, as well as an unhealthy dose of sleep deprivation. They live horribly peripatetic lives. Races are run in every corner of the world. Spending long periods in pressurised airline cabins dehydrates the body and messes up circulation. Given this similarity, one of Formula One's gurus is offering remedies to the business world. Aki Hinzer, a Finnish surgeon, was chief medical officer for the McLaren F1 team for 11 years. His clients have included two former world champions, Sebastian Vettel and Mika Hakkinen, as well as Lewis Hamilton, the current holder. And with some well-tuned advice, he hopes to shift executives up a gear. To deal with jet lag, for example... His clients receive detailed charts that tell them on what side of the plane to sit and when to wear sunglasses after landing. When travelling east, it is wise to wear shades on arrival to minimise exposure to daylight. And if you're in need of a little pit stop, why not read more about it in this week's issue? For now, we turn to our finance section, where in the world of international banking, relaxation may have to be put on hold for the time being. After a spate of cyber heists, banks are realising that while robbers may have swapped masks and guns for armchairs and keyboards, money is disappearing all the same. Investigators are still trying to piece together how thieves pulled off a spectacular hack that siphoned $81 million out of Bangladesh's central bank in February, let alone who was behind it. Banks have been scrambling to check for weaknesses in their vaults, figuratively speaking. Their probes have turned up at least one similar, albeit smaller, case. 
hackers tried unsuccessfully to nab $1 million from Tien Phong Bank in Vietnam in December. Getaway cars have been ditched. Instead, thieves have more refined ways of covering their tracks. In the Bangladesh break-in, for instance, they wrote malware to interfere with a machine whose printouts the bank relied on to check transactions. So banks may try to adjust their security for the age of the cyber attack. Yet, unfortunately, the risk of an inside job is timeless. As experts never tire of saying, cyber security is about people as much as it is about technology. As the financial system starts to find itself in a little hot water, we move on to our science section, where it seems rising global temperatures may not help the situation any time soon. As an article explained, the end of El Nino has turned the world's heating up to full blast. Conditions in India are road-meltingly hot. On May 19th, residents of Falodi, a city in the north of the country, had to cope with temperatures of 51 degrees Celsius, the highest since records there began. And if you're hoping for a warm summer, it's likely you'll get one. The current year will almost certainly be the warmest on record and probably by the largest margin to date. The climatic phenomenon known as El Nino can help explain the surging heat. This spilling of the warm pool across the tropical Pacific pushes up global surface temperatures. Still warmer oceans in years to come will probably mean that the weather events unleashed by strong Ninos will intensify. And set against the backdrop of a warming world, in America the race for the next presidency is hotting up too. Each week our United States section publishes some snippets overheard on the campaign trail. And this week it's all about one man, Donald Trump. With glances back to late last year, we showcased some rather dramatic, well, perhaps pragmatic, changes in opinion about the now front-running candidate from Republican Party bigwigs. We start with Lindsey Graham, a senator from South Carolina. In 2015... He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. And in May this year... We talked about national security and told some jokes. Trump's very cordial. He's a funny guy and he's from New York. He can take a punch. Well, who says politicians can't change? Rick Perry, former Texas governor, gives his thoughts back in 2015. Donald Trump's candidacy is a cancer on conservatism and it must be clearly diagnosed, excised and discarded. A slight softening of tone then for 2016? I'm going to support him and help him and do what I can. He is one of the most talented people who has ever run for president I have ever seen. And finally, Rand Paul, senator from Kentucky, describes Trump earlier this year. Donald Trump is a delusional narcissist and an orange-faced windbag. I think we can leave it there. I'm Tom Standage and that was our tasting menu. Do send us your feedback via email to radio at economist.com or on Twitter at Economist Radio. In London, this is The Economist. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.